Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about this 4K edition of Gattaca. Nineteen ninety-seven. I remember seeing this movie. Hard to believe it's been twenty-five years. Saw it in the theater. It's been released on DVD more than once. Um, Sony fooled around with Superbit DVDs before the advent of four or uh, Blu-ray. They were as close to high definition as we could get with DVD technology. And this was one of those movies that Sony seems to to bring out of the closet every time they have a new format because they'll clean it up and put it out in whatever new format there is. I had not seen this in 4K. Last year it came out in 4K, and there was a steelbook of it. I don't think I was even much aware of it. I've always enjoyed the movie, but it's it's not one that I just have to have to have every copy when it comes out. And so the steelbook sold out. I don't think I ever saw it in the store, and I didn't really think about it. It's on the back of my mind if I ever, you know, were to pick it up on 4K, steelbook or not, one day. No big deal. Black Friday, maybe. And then Sony did a weird thing this year. At the end of September, they released a whole bunch of steelbooks they've already released. I think nearly all of them were Best Buy exclusives, and now they're not. (laughs) They're called reprints. um, Official reprints, I guess. Limited edition reprints. Everything from the two Zombieland movies to the two Venom movies. I mean, some of these steelbooks I bought the first time around, and they're worth a lot of money, or they were. There's jokes all, all over the home media uh, universe that Sony did this to ruin eBay people. Because eBay, some of these steelbooks, 35 new for a 4K steelbook, are going for 6570 or higher now. And then all of a sudden, Sony re-releases them. Well, in most of the cases, I either already had the Steelbook or already had the movie in 4K and didn't really need the Steelbook. But Gattaca was one of those that, okay, I don't have it in 4K and I don't have a Steelbook of it. All right, I'll check it out. I looked at the reviews of the Steelbook that had previously come out, and they were all good. High marks, Dolby Atmos Mix, native 4K transfer with Dolby Vision. All right, I'm all in. So when the steelbook arrives, by the way, it's a it's a gorgeous steelbook. It's kind of a bronzish gold orange. Closest color is bronze, is the overall color. Then there's shadows and there's an iridescent purple under there. It it's it's quite striking and looks very high end. It'd be great with a slipcover or something, but Sony doesn't really do that. And then on the inside, it's got that kind of iridescent purple. It kind of looks blue on the inside until you look at it in the light. And it's, yeah, it's kind of this iridescent. It's very interesting looking. New designs on the disc, too. So I popped it in and gave it a shot tonight. I've had it for a a week or two, but the time was right. I had to kill some time before I could uh, work on some internet things and had to wait for a specific time, actually. And so here we go. This came out, um, I believe, the last week of September 27th. It's called a reprint, but here's here's an honesty for you. When I pulled the plastic off, they have put a UPC sticker over the original UPC sticker, so it rings up as a new reprint, but I think it's pretty much the same steelbook underneath that maybe they didn't sell. 
Now, the funny thing is some of these things did sell out, like Spider-Man No Way Home. And that of all of these new steelbooks, which were, by the way, released at about $27.95, cheaper than they were originally. That one's been going for like $42 for some reason. Sony has set a high bar on a couple of their steelbook releases. They did a steelbook for Uncharted that was quite expensive, and they have one coming out for Bullet Train that's quite expensive. But there's other things with it than more than just the steelbook. Anyway, this wasn't about the packaging, but that was the the whole crux, the reason that I picked up this edition, because it was a steelbook that I didn't own, and it's a movie that I didn't have in 4K. So Gattaca, I won't get too much into spoilers, but this tells um, of kind of an alternate reality now, a little bit in the future, where we've taken eugenics a little bit too far. Your DNA decides your future. They can do a blood test when you're a kid and find out the percentage that you're going to have ADHD or heart problems or whatever. And if those percentages are high enough, they basically write you off as a human and you become a janitor or something. I mean, that's the the gist of the beginning of the movie. And funny, the, the thing that really bothers me and why it works as a thriller for me personally, as a kid, all those stories of somebody masquerading as somebody else, whether it be, you know, the, the kid acting as the king or the kid as the rich kid or, you know, Trying to be someone else and fake everybody out around you is just one of those stories that's always just, I, I get the tension of it. And I've never been one. I'm, I'm actually an incredibly honest person. Um, but I, I, maybe it's because that's, you know, I can't even imagine being that way. And this guy, this Ethan Hawke's character, lives his entire life as someone else so he can go to the stars. He wants to fly in a spaceship. In 1997, I was a much younger human. I was 31 years old, and and I thought the movie was good. It felt antiseptic to me. It felt kind of sterile. The environments were very sterile, clean. Um, It didn't have much of an emotional core for me at the time. I enjoyed the romance between Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. I thought Jude Law was really good and all the other. It's got an incredible cast, by the way. But watching it now, I get it on much, I guess, deeper levels. And I really enjoyed it the most I've ever seen it. Now, first up, it doesn't feel antiseptic or sterile at all. Matter of fact, what shocked me now that this over 50 film fan realized that nearly every shot outside was shot at the magic hour. If you're a photographer or into movies, you know what that is. There's a certain time right before sunset, dusk. That's just perfect. And it's only for a few minutes every day. And when you're filming a movie, a lot of times that's, it's just the light is perfect for humans. It makes us almost luminescent. It makes us glow. And they filmed nearly every outdoor scene at the magic hour. I had never noticed that. Well, Dolby Vision HDR, you can kind of tell color gradation, things like that. And wow, the warmth of the outdoor scenes that were shot. And like their brief scenes, there's a, scene where they watch a sunset on a solar farm that's pretty spectacular. Um, it all looks great. This isn't, so I expected this to be a very 4K crispy transfer, and it's not. It has a very organic feel to it, which just, that shocked me more than anything watching the movie. It's got a lot of deep, rich colors in it, and it it does have a very filmic, cinematic feel. It doesn't feel like 
videotape. I expected something very clean, very antiseptic, and it's not. It's a very warm film, filmic image. Love it. The Dolby Atmos is very good, too. Sony's been knocking it out of the park by... um, They just get the levels right. It's not like they're just pumping it up, but, I mean, it just sounds like a modern movie the way it's mixed. I'm sure they're going back into the surround sound and mixing it for Dolby Atmos, where some of the early Atmos mixes were weak, you know? Oh, they gave us some upper sound channels and what, but now we're we're fully fleshed out and figuring out this Atmos thing, and it was a very... uh, a wide sound stage, but an immersive experience. There was some music in the top or in the top uh, level, uh, coming out of the upper speakers. Uh, when the rocket ships take off, they move from the floor. Sometimes they would start at my subwoofer and then kind of go up the wall and then up. Um, but there's not a whole lot of overhead stuff in the movie. Music, sound effects of being in the long hallways, the echoes and stuff like that. A lot of that in the upper and, and rear channels. Um, but there's not a whole lot of directional or panning or anything like that. Um, not a whole lot of object stuff flying around your head. That's just not that kind of movie. Dialogue was all quite intelligible, clear throughout the movie. Um, some good subwoofer stuff. Like I said, there's several rockets taking off. There's also a few other times where they're near the solar farm or near a dam or near something, a, a power generator is putting out a hum and the subwoofer, you know, rumbled a little bit, but this isn't something you're going to put up against, um, well, like the mixes for Real Genius or Heavy Metal, which are also Sony releases. I think The Steelbook is absolutely beautiful, and it's a great movie. Um, Like I said, I got more into it this time. I'm very, very, very familiar with the first half of the movie, and the second half, I don't know, usually it's been later in the evening, haven't maybe made it all the way through to the end, maybe as much as I've started the film. So there were a lot of things that happened about two-thirds of the way through the end that I didn't really remember as clearly. And it's got a few good twists at the end, how it all works out. Non-spoiler alert, but when the gentlemen are getting onto the ship at the end, the, the astronauts who, have, I guess they're astronauts, they're wearing business suits. Now, the people letting them on are wearing, you know, clean suits and hats and whatever. But the guys that get on the, sh- the ship are all wearing suits, just standard suits, like they're going to a bank job. And maybe they're going to a space station. Then they get in the space suits to get in the space. I don't know. It was just interesting that they got in street clothes to go fly to another planet. I also thought that was part of the artistic design of the whole thing. Everything was pressed suits and almost that 50s mentality, but futuristic. The cars were very small and weird and kind of that 50s, early 60s feel. Um, But obviously there's a lot of technology and everything relies on their blood and their saliva and their hair because everything revolves around DNA. Hence the name of the movie Gattaca. Those are the four basic um, what uh, genotypes of, of DNA, when they make up DNA. So Uma Thurman, Jude Law, uh, Ethan Hawke. I didn't remember that like Ernest Borgnine is in this movie or Tony Shalhoub is in this movie. Um, a few other smaller but bigger actors now were in this movie in 1997. That's the other thing. 25 years. It could have come out tomorrow. Ethan Hawke looks a lot older now. Uma, Uma Thurman looks about the same now. Jude Law looks a lot older now. 
Um, but other than that, the movie holds up as today because we're still not to this point yet. It took the whole idea of your DNA deciding your future much further than we have. Not saying we're not going to go there. When it came out, the movie had a $36 million budget. It failed. It made about $12.5 million, um, which, and again, makes it interesting that it got Academy Award nominations. It got Saturn nominations. It got Hugo nominations. It won a few awards. The director went on to do, um, well, he did In Time was just okay. He did a couple other movies that were just okay. But um, he wrote The Truman Show, wrote and produced The Truman Show, but did not direct it. Peter Weir directed that. There's a lot of layers to this film, references to other things. Um, but I got to say, it's it's good. It's it's well made, well crafted, deserves the awards it was nominated for, and probably should have been more popular. It's one that I know a lot of my friends who are into science fiction movies look back on fondly. I do. Um, I think it's well acted, well paced, well plotted, well shot. It's a beautiful film especially in 4K. All in all, worth having in the collection. It's something I'll pull out again. It's it's just, it's kind of a simple story well told, but is a little more complex than that. I think a Steven Spielberg movie is a simple, you know, a simple story well told most of the time. Some of our classic Wizard of Oz is a simple story well told. Even uh, Citizen Kane Pretty simple story, well told. Um, This one, you know, Dune, complex story, well told. (laughs) Blade Runner 2049, complex story, well told. Um, This is somewhere in between. It's a fairly simplified version of what the story is trying to tell, but you're still, the 31-year-old me didn't get as much as the over 50 me got. I'll say that. And it's definitely worth picking up on 4K, whether you get the Steelbook, which is a little bit more expensive than just getting the regular 4K, but I think it's available separately in 4K, isn't it? Never really looked. I like it a lot better this time. I think it's a good thing to say about a movie, right? Especially a movie that's 25 years old. Check it out if you like sci-fi. The twist at the end made it all worth it. Um, Some things were quite surprising and emotional. I was impressed. Gattaca from 1987 holds up in 2022 in a new 4K Steelbook edition from Sony with Dolby Atmos, native 4K transfer, and uh, Dolby Vision HDR. All in all, a good package. Not a spectacular amount of extras. There's only a trailer on the 4K, but the Blu-ray does have some of the legacy extras on it. Check it out. Gattaca, smart guy science fiction, um, but a beautiful movie. Well acted. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. My links are below. I'm going to be adding more to the Patreon, going to be adding more to YouTube. If you haven't checked out Bros for Life, that has launched now. Uh, My buddy and I are going to try and do regular podcast videos for you every week. Um, All in good time. Onward and upward. Thanks for taking time out of your day and listening to this podcast. Have a great day.